long as we can Good morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. My name is Felicia Williams Cozy, and I am a licensed practitioner at Heart and Soul, and I'm honored to be facilitating our meditation experience this morning. This morning, we are taking the opportunity to immerse ourselves in stillness so that we may connect with the knower within in order that it be our guide during this time of change. Wherever you are, I invite you to make yourself comfortable so that you may be open to divine guidance. Know that right where you are, God is, and therefore it is a safe and sacred space. So if you are willing, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close and take this opportunity to relax 
and let go of all that has transpired up until this moment. Join me in taking a deep conscious breath. Breathe in and release with a sigh. Now give thanks for your breath as you gently allow it to return to its natural rhythm. Take a moment now to notice the path your breath takes through your body. While the path our breath takes like each of us is unique, every breath is a part of the one breath which is breathing us all. Let your breath be an ever-present reminder of your oneness with spirit and its ever-availability as a guide and source of inner peace, love, and clarity regardless of outer circumstances. As we enter the stillness, remember to focus on your breath, and I offer this affirmation as our guide. I have been that I have been. I am that I am, and I will be what I will be simultaneously.
I have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously. I now invite you to return your awareness to the space that you are in. To do this, you might focus on your feet and notice and feel the support of the floor underneath. You might gently rub your palms together and begin to expand your awareness and feel the space around you. And when you are ready, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to open. This completes our meditation experience this morning. And so it is. Thank you for creating this safe and sacred container of love for our service. We have a wonderful opportunity during these times to spend more time being still and renewing our connection with the one. And I invite you to do so whenever and wherever possible. It has been a pleasure and an honor to facilitate this morning's meditation. Thank you. Good morning, family, and welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. Today is Sunday, February 28th, and I am pleased to be able to welcome you to our Sunday service this morning. My name is Sonia Russell. I am a licensed practitioner and proud founding member here at Heart and Soul. It is my great pleasure to let you know uh, some of the many ways in which you can be fully engaged at Heart and Soul Center of Light. Beginning with our theme for 2021, Adventures in Faith, Rise Up. We are daily reading Emmett Fox's Around the Year with Emmett Fox, a book of daily readings. And we are inviting you to stay connected with us in all the ways there are to stay connected, including our websites, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of the different ways in which you podcast. We We'll have an opportunity to give in community together uh, at the end of service, but you can give anytime by visiting our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. You can also text to give and to make sure that you stay up to date with the current information right in your email box, you can visit heartsoulcenter.org slash sign up to get our weekly recap. Additionally, we, allow, we are allowing ourselves to be steeped in our community affirmation. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. As we further dive deep into Around the Year with Emmett Fox, our practitioners do a Monday night book study. It happens from 
615 actually, forgive me, we'll have this corrected, 615 p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Mondays, visit heartsoulcenter.org slash Monday review to join in. On Wednesdays, Valerie, Joy, and David are hosting Imagining Justice. And this Wednesday, the theme is let's get free together. Come on, family. We're getting free together because we are the ones we've been waiting for. Make sure you visit heartsoulcenter.org slash Imagining Justice to, to join. We begin at 6.15 p.m. Pacific time with meditation. On Thursdays, Tammy Hall is live from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific on Facebook Live. We wanna make sure that we are supporting our sister and that we are tipping generously. If you're thinking about becoming a member of Heart and Soul Center of Light, we have our Heart and Soul Path to Membership Experience. It's two Saturdays, March 20th and 27th, but I can tell you all about it. Y'all know I like being a member here, but let's have some other folks let you know how they like to be engaged. All right, so on behalf of Reverend Angelo, I want to invite you to consider being a part of our next Path to Membership experience. But to further entice you and to give you a little bit more incentive, we've asked some folks to give you some testimonials about what membership means to them. Membership at Heart and Soul keeps me focused on bringing forth a world that works for everyone. I'm in community with people who are doing the work, and that supports me in doing my own work, and I'm grateful. Uh, membership at Heart and Soul means to me uh, is an extended family that I can talk to, um, communicate with, uh, just be together um, outside of my immediate family uh, that, need, that helps me whenever I need help. Uh, they're there if, you know, even to feed me when I'm in and around. Uh, I mean, it, it's just been a great joy to be around the last three years I've been, around, I've been here. What membership at Heart and Soul does for me, it allows me to be me, exactly who I am. Finally, um, I'm seen at Heart and Soul. I, it's a place where I've grown phenomenally. It's a place where I get unconditional love and support. It's a place like no other. And I've been here 11 years and it's been awesome. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So what, uh, well, what membership at Heart and Soul means to me is uh, an opportunity to serve and be served. Uh, it's an opportunity to be uh, a member of a family that is doing, um, I guess, uh, wonderful things in the world, doing what we can do to make this a world that works for everyone. Um, I, what can I say other than, you know, I love you, heart and soul. So for me, heart and soul is a, a rock. It is a foundation that has provided stability in, for my spirit. It allows me to venture out into the world and stand firmly in who I am and what I believe. Heart and soul really is, um, when I say a foundation, like I see a storm blowing and I see something that I can hold on to that gives me strength. It gives me, it uplifts my faith. It, it deepens my faith. And um, 
and we, we, we're hecka cool up in here. So we, we have a wonderful time and we have fun while we grow spiritually. So there you've heard it from members of our community, some of whom have been around for a whole 11 years and some for less time. And for all of us, Heart and Soul Center of Light is not just a place to be, it's a way to be. And so we're inviting you to join us on March 20th, Saturday, March 20th, and Saturday, March 27th, back-to-back -back weeks for our Path to Membership experience. Come for the fun. Stay to learn what heart and soul is for you. Thank you, family. So yes, become a member of Heart and Soul Center of Light. Your life will be transformed. And I'm excited to let you know that Prosperity Plus 3, Living Full Spectrum Wealth is coming. This is one of my favorite, favorite classes. It's an all new program uh, that we did last year at Heart and Soul Center of Light with, um, and it is absolutely profound. This time it's being presented, co-facilitated with Janice Richmond, who is not only a practitioner here at Heart and Soul, she is also a certified coach and trainer with Mary Morrissey uh, and, and a phenomenal teacher. And so I'm excited to let you all know that starting Saturdays, there's one session on April 3rd uh, that will be sort of the introduction section, the introductory session. And then it will follow from that seven two-hour sessions uh, that begin on the 10th of April. Um, there's no actual registration fee. The materials, there is a cost for materials. Either you want the online materials or you want the physical kit. Um, and if you want to be, have the class count towards potentially your path to membership, excuse me, your path to practitioner studies um, in some way, you can also pay for the certificate. But at the end of the day, what you are working on is creating a life you truly love living. And that's what Prosperity Plus 3 will support you in doing. Make sure that you are saving these dates. More information for registration will come. I want to remind you that our point of power can be accessed, Revs Pop can be accessed anytime by visiting our YouTube channel. Uh, that prayer works in all situations. We have group prayer following service by about 10 minutes. We have a new 24-7 prayer line where you can call and get a, um, a prayer practitioner to return your call, or you can send email, um, prayerandcare at heartsoulcenter.org. And we also have our Power of Prayer podcast that's happening where you can basically carry prayer around with you in your pocket, family. So anchor.fm slash heartsoulcenter is where you access um, our Power of Prayer podcast. So I invite you now to oh, become fully present in this moment, family. Our vision is what we endeavor and how we endeavor to show up on the planet. And it is more than a notion. And so we'd like to make sure we take time to ground ourselves in it together. And so together, family, we are a loving and compassionate, world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. 
Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together we make a quantifiable positive difference on the planet. And so it is. <sighs> and so family, I invite you to simply find your breath, <sighs> allowing yourself to simply come fully present into this moment as we're touching and agreeing, remembering to remember. The perfect presence of God is in this moment, right here, right now, closer to us than our very breath. The force that kept us as we slept and woke us this morning, the force that rose the sun and brings the cool breeze, the change of the seasons. That which brings the ocean to the shore is that which circulates our blood. That which grows the grass and brings the flowers is that which beats our hearts. God is, we are, and all is truly well. The perfection of the infinite is here now, right where we are. And regardless of appearances and without exception, God is unfolding to the highest and best, always and in all ways. And it is from this place of knowing, this place of trusting, this place of deep abiding faith that I, Sonia, speak my word on behalf of my beloved Heart and Soul Center of Light community knowing, trusting, resting, ruling, and abiding in the perfection of the infinite as being revealed in our lives, moment to moment and breath to breath. Every single opportunity we have is one to experience, to share, or to be love. We know that love is the answer to every situation. And I am grateful that we stand in this love together, this community bound by love, unified in love, practicing love, walking, talking, living, breathing love. I know this, I trust it. I remember to remember that the love of the infinite is always present, always available, always unfolding in me, as me, through me, in each of us, as each of us, through each of us. And so I'm giving thanks. I'm giving thanks that Heart and Soul Center of Light continues to be the place, the space, the catalyst for us to know this truth, to walk in it courageously, vulnerably, unapologetically, powerfully to know that God is, that we are, and that all is exceedingly well. In fact, it's good, great, grand, and glorious. And I am grateful. I am grateful for this community and all that we endeavor to be and all that we already are. The perfect reflection of God, moving, empowering, expanding, growing, transforming. I am grateful for all of the hearts and hands that support this ministry. I am grateful for our practitioners and our board of trustees. I am grateful for our ministers and our beloved Reverend Andriette for saying yes, for being powerful, 
and passionate and compassionate for being the one and for taking us with. I am grateful today and every day, family, for the good sense to be grateful. And so it is in perfect gratitude that I release this word into the law. I know that it is done not only because I speak this word, but because I know it to be written on our hearts. And so we simply allow it to be so now and forever. And so it is. That's the song, Soul Family. The song's called Take Me To Your Leaders. Take me to your leaders. Are they the best of your kind? What do they believe in? Are their souls divine? Or are they guided by creative power, what's their motivations, in your darkest hour, do you trust their words and guidance, how do they treat your sick and poor, those you need to serve the most, do they misuse their control, for their own rewards, Keep their word to you. Speak with dignity and truth. Are they righteous in a time of crisis? Do you feel protected by them? Take me to your leaders. Take me to your leaders.
they had the answers. Is it time to take them down? Oh, take them to your leaders. Take them to your leaders. What are you listening to? It's old school. My grandma said it was her grandma's favorite. Freedom Summer. Peace, child. I am your ancestor. Yo. Our time has come and gone. Insane. And though you may not know of us, know that we loved you in advance. We anticipated your brilliance and broke what chains that we could to build the world that you deserve. Tell me, do they teach a freedom summer in the year of 2020? Brianna, Titi, we lost so many that summer. So much strange fruit. The pandemics of COVID-19 and police brutality 
something broke open in us. I don't have any words. Our people, we, we rose up everywhere. Every city, every night, we fought for you, for your freedom. I'll never forget those nights, those streets. 26 million strong. 26 million strong. The empire trembled and suddenly there were cracks. Confederate flags banned. Public safety reimagined. Stand your cops out of school. Workers striking in defense of black lives. We will say her name. The WNBA. Then the NBA. Game after game canceled. Dangerous electeds voted out of office. We tore down the statues of our oppressors. Our people began to dream and fight for a world without policing, a world free of the brutal grind of capitalism. I am. I am. Somebody. Somebody. And I deserve. And I deserve. We carried our people to office. With our fists in the air. Then cities started passing reparations bills. We wrote our own laws. And you, you are our wildest, freest dreams. We flooded the streets for you, for your health. For your wealth. We spoke the liberation into being, into law, into land. Child, if our work is not done, if you do not awaken every morning into black power and black love, then you must make your liberation whole. We are with you and we know that you will win. Remember how we fought for you in the summer of 2020 and take back the power. You, you, were our man. We have a mandate. We have a mandate. And damn it, we gonna do it. Call and response. Call and response. Call and response. The mandate for black people in this time. The mandate for black people in this time. To avenge the suffering of our ancestors.
heart and soul. That video, the link for that video, um, will certainly be included in our recap. My prayer is that you've signed up for that. Um, we're also, it's also available on our website and it's also in the chat if you have the wherewithal because our intention is to get this out, share it with folks widely. Um, this notion of we speak liberation. We have the slide that, um, <clears throat> there's a slide that I, um, that I dreamed about actually that Sonia Russell put into form for us. And maybe we can just put that up. Um, that really works so perfectly for today, but then I'm thinking for as long as, you know, I just see it showing up for us because what it depicts on the left, and this is what I'm bringing today on the left is, you know, a scene. There are no videos from the Underground Railroad. There are no, you know, there'll be no film at 11. <clears throat> so what is being depicted here <clears throat> are folks being rescued as they are, or, or folks being supported on that trek of freedom, on that liberation trail. So they're coming out of a boat and they're bringing them, there are wagons up the hill, up the hill. And you can see that <clears throat> it's in process. And that's if you can imagine what the times were like, but that's shown there. And then on the far right, we have, you know, a march. I believe it's part of the Poor People's March <clears throat> based on the placards that are, are, are there. But it can represent all of the marching that we did during the 60s. Just all of it. Absolutely each and every march just represented. And then in the very center, Black Lives Matter, which brings us present this, us evoking um, a very, the power of clear, focused intention and bringing it in very clear words. So today, y'all, I ask for your grace and your patience and your acceptance because I'm probably going to go just a bit over whatever you were expecting the time to be because, um, well, because. And um, this Sunday is the final Sunday in our Black History series. Now, you know, I am Black History. You know, there's no way for me to be an African-American woman, a woman of African ancestry, Black in these United States, and not be a Black History moment. And so that's always. But in terms of our, our formal kind of presentation within the, the calendar boundary of Black History, this completes that. I love that Kev Choice gave us take, us, take me to your leaders, because I begin with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. just as a, just as a retrospective, if you will. You've seen this slide before. What I love about it is he's reminding us that no matter what happens, we have to stay the course. The course that is written on our hearts. It's not that we won't be upset. It's not that we won't distrust this notion of take me to, to your leaders. Show me what they're up to. Who are they? He's saying no matter what is going on, do not give up. 
sounds of blackness. Optimistic, yes. That we have to continue to know even though the evidence, but we're not, but when we look at cause and effect and our study of cause and effect and us living our lives in alignment with the principle of cause and effect, we are not living out of effect. We do sometimes, but that's not the high road. The high road is causal. And so the idea here is what I hear him saying, it, Dr. Martin Luther King, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. That's causal. So, and it goes to the cause of, of not that this is the first time, but often when, we, when I, I use scripture, it's to invoke a, a lifelong principle, something across the, the sands of time, if you will, and this notion of love thy neighbor, which has never meant the people who live next door and across the street. It's the people that are not you. They don't look like you. They don't sound like you. They don't act like you. They don't know what you know. Love them anyhow. It's part of, of what we're to do. So Look, I'm going to start in talking about, I want to revisit the Underground Railroad, and I'm dedicating this little part in here to Reverend Jack, because I showed a version of this slide uh, identifying Levi Coffin's home in Cincinnati, Ohio, and talking about him, his home, his house being a spot on the, uh, a stop along the Underground Railroad, that, that amazing informal network that I still am in awe of how it all worked and just the intuition, the trust, the faith required to go up to places. Oh, the stories that will never be told about it. But at any rate, after I showed that, Reverend Jack texted me because he's from Indiana and he thought I was co-opting the Indiana abolitionist history. So he wanted me to know it, but I don't want you to miss this Levi Coffin quote, where Levi Coffin says, I thought it was always safe to do right. This is this notion of, well, why did you do it? Because he's a white uh, Quaker. And he says, in the Bible, it bids us to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. And it said nothing about color as an exception. He said, so I should try to follow out the teachings of that good book. Now, it makes you wonder how everybody else wrote it differently. It, you you kind of wonder what version of the Bible was he reading from where he could get that so very clearly and live his life dedicated to that. Well, Reverend Jack with his Indiana self wanted to, to just make certain that we weren't trying to move Levi Coffin over to Cincinnati, Ohio, when he was clearly Indiana's treasure. Well, it turns out he was both, because that sent me looking. I was like, uh-uh, Jack, I'm on this. I would not have made that up. That's exactly what it was. So here, let me tell you about Levi Coffin here for just a moment. He was called the president of the Underground Railroad. And it's because of his constant uh, commitment to it. So here's the thing. He was actually born in what was New Garden, North Carolina, what we know as Greensboro. Now, 
put a little pin right there because I'm coming back to Greensboro. You need to know a hotbed of civil rights activity, you understand. So, but he's born there before it was even known as Greensboro. And in 1821, he opened a Sunday school for slaves in what became Greensboro. His school had to close when fearful masters forbade their slaves attendance. Because he was teaching something that they didn't want them to know. So ultimately, he's a devout Quaker, as you can hear in all of this. Ultimately, he moved to Newport, Indiana, what is now Fountain City. And that's how uh, Reverend Jack knew. He said as a child in their field trips, they, it's now an historical building. <clears throat> so he, when he got there, he discovered that the property that he had was right on the route of the Underground Railroad. That was the route that folks were taking, making their way to South Canada, making, you know, making haste. So he and his wife made their home into a depot. Can you, so you, you move from North Carolina where you're trying to work it out, you get there and you realize you're right on the route. You're like, we got to open this thing up. I'm loving the, I'm talking to you allies. I'm talking to you about, about what's required to get really in the deep end of the pool right here, but he's giving us the, 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 the model is already established. He's an exemplar for us in this. He says that, that what happened was uh, they would convey, see what Jack told me he remembered was when he toured the house. So look at here, look at here. Here you see Levi Coffin and his wife, Catherine. His wife, Catherine, had gathered uh, the women and they had a sewing circle, but they were sewing clothes for the fugitive slaves. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a family operation. So they have it going on. So in that area, a lot of the neighbors, and you know, this is big property, so they're not close neighbors, but many of them were not involved. They were like, mm, that's against the law, but what they started doing was supporting it. So they would give some money, they would help in the ways, wherever their bar was. See, I'm talking to us this morning, that you have a bar, but do what you can do. I know you're not gonna do it all. Maybe you're not gonna get in the wagon and drive folks. You're not gonna go to the jail and do the thing, but there's something you can do. There's something you can do around this. So, um, okay, then in 1847, they moved to Cincinnati, Reverend Jack. So that's how that worked. But look, I wanna tell you about this bed that you see there. So when they, once they were out of the house, here's the system when you, people really had to hide. So it's against the law and the way they hid folks, you know that there were some consequences. It wasn't like, oh, that's an underground railroad house, leave them alone. So what they did was, you see these huge beds, you see that door, they would move that bed in front of that door. So they put people in there and the people could then be back so you couldn't hear them. And you move the bed in front of it and it's such a huge bed, nobody would know. Here's what else they had. Look at here. The wagon. Now we, I don't know if you've seen a movie that didn't have a wagon in it. With a, and they got in the back of the wagon and covered them up with hay. And I thought, mm, that ain't enough, really. I know it's going to work for the movie, but 
I'm not even fooled by that. But what you see is the way this wagon is built, that it has a space for hiding people. It's built in a way, and then you just put the hay and all, the bags in, to cover in front of that, and then everything else on top. So when they start poking around in there, they're never going to poke a person. But I guess they don't have, Hollywood didn't have the wherewithal to do all of that. But look at here, this is what Jack told me he saw, is that there is a hidden well. Now look just how, how the mind has to be ahead of the situation circumstance. So they had this secret well because it was to conceal how much water they had to have in order to support all these folks that they had steadily coming through. I'm trying to say something this morning. I'm trying to give you a good sense of what all is required. And that when we talk about social activism and those folks who have stood, that they first of all had, this wasn't Mammy Pammy. This wasn't just wake up one morning and decide, I think I'm going to have start having people in. They literally designed systems to ensure the safety and efficacy of rescuing and supporting folks onto their next spot. Yes? All right. So I needed to clean that up, Reverend Jack. I hope we are right now with that. So look, more, more recently, because I'm going to remember, remember our first slide? So we had Underground Railroad. We had civil rights movement and we have Black Lives Matter. Okay, so now we're civil rights. But look here, James L. Farmer is where I want to begin. And I want to begin at the Jack Spratt restaurant because James Farmer in 1942 went to this restaurant and wanted to what he said was going on is he wanted, I believe, a donut. Do not hold me to the details because I'm trying to move fast. You can tell by how fast I'm talking. And I believe it was a donut. And what they would do is, is they would sell it to white folks for a nickel or a quarter, whatever it cost in 1942, but a dollar to black folks if they sold it at all. So the idea was that by economies of scale, it wasn't just you can't eat in here. It was that we are going to abuse you no matter what. So if you come in for something that we typically sell for 25 cents, we're going to charge you more for it and not allow you to sit inside, to eat it inside. I need you to know this. Because sometimes when we, sometimes we have, have, have whitewashed history, sometimes we have like, that's too hard to say to people. And so we, we dress it up just like, well, all they said was they didn't want to sit next to them. No, it wasn't that, it, that wasn't that simple. It wasn't just about sitting. It was about the humiliation. It was about the, the uh, disdain. It was about the disregard. It was about all of that. And it's important that we understand that. So what essentially happened is that, uh, as I recall in this, that he um, came back with folks, with some black folks, and they sat in the restaurant. And ultimately, the folks called the police. This is in Chicago, by the way. And uh, they called the police, but the police said, there's nothing we can do, because now they got a restaurant full of black folks 
who won't move. They want, they bought, uh, I'm trying to, anyhow, because I don't want to conflate the stories because there was so much prep for this. But what I want to, what I want to make sure that you understand is that out of all of that, he um, then began, this is the activism, the business part of that, the organiz organizing part of it, if you will. So it's not just, it wasn't just his experience. It wasn't just, you know, what he told his children and grandchildren, and that's how we know. It became a pivotal point from which others drew. You got to understand this, that as things are happening, people are watching, people are noticing, people are being emboldened, people are coming into their own awareness of what is humanly possible. Because if nobody does it, you think it can't be done. And so he, um, he ultimately became one of, he was one of the co-founders of the Congress for Racial Equality, which we came to know as CORE. And uh, he was known as one of the big four civil rights leaders in the 60s because he worked closely with Dr. King and then the um, uh, chief of the NAACP, Roy Wilkins, and urban league uh, head, uh, Whitney Young. And so all of them, can you begin to see that now we have, you know, the folks who are at the level of organizing, but, but now, there's a point at which, if I'm talking about him in 1942, actively as a grown man, you know by the 60s, he was, and we have that down, that the youngins are looking at some of us saying, okay, mother. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, with, it's with dignity and it's with, it's with honor, but now I wanna talk about the giving way to the youngins. So you're, he's setting the tone, he's setting the bar in the 1940s, and you need to know that the first sit-ins were that long ago, because some of us don't know that. We believe that the very first one was at, uh, it, in Greensboro, told you I was coming back, in Greensboro by the Greensboro Four at the Woolworth. At the Woolworth, you know that's a black thing, the Woolworths. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Some of y'all ask somebody, ask your black friend. <laughs> it just happened and it's real. So look here, I wanna talk just a little bit about the, about the four, about the Greensboro four, because um, you had, um, oh, now which one? Let me, let me be clear. One of the brothers had been to New York and had, shopped there, eaten there, and realized that it wasn't a, the same kind of Jim Crow setup, that he could actually, it wasn't that kind of abuse that Farmer experienced in Chicago in 1942. So when he came back as a student, he's, th these four brothers are students at uh, North Carolina A&T. That's where they are. And so he's talking to others, so being like, it doesn't have to be this way. You see, because I have evidence. I have evidence, see, that this can be different, but we're gonna have to do something to make it different. So it wasn't, as I said, it's never willy-nilly. Didn't just hop up and grab some folks and go. Studied, went to find out how can we do this? Because you know, sitting at a counter, now you may not understand how dangerous it was. And I'm gonna give you 
just a little sense of this. In this particular case, they were denied service. They bought something, and then they sat at the counter. You get that series? So you go in, you let them know, we got some money, you buy something, then you sit, and it's the sitting. See, they'll take your money, but you, ain't, you can't sit in a place. But they sat, and they sat, and they didn't know what to do with them, so they ended up closing. They sat there till closing, but the next day they came back. It was them. The next day, the Bennett College Bells joined the sit-in. But they didn't, again, it wasn't willy-nilly. They had also gone through the training for nonviolent. Here's how you're going to have to do this. Because it's ultimately be going to come this chaotic situation. You can see here where these sit-ins were the allies. White folks were there, the black students. Usually these are students. This is what I'm saying. This is the, the handoff to a younger generation. And it wasn't, just as a, a little asterisk here, it wasn't always just a happy, y'all go on. You know, because our generation, we believe what we believe. We've been trained how we've tra been trained. And we're not, you can't always count on us to know what you know and to have the same energy but we're going to have to work together so that we can let go and see that you can do what you must do. There's a place where Dr. King actually uh, spoke to that, where he acknowledged, he said, the electrifying mo movement of Negro students that shattered the placid surface of campuses and communities across the South, he said. He said that he was acknowledging this new activism for being initiated and fed and sustained by students. And that helps some folks to let go because it's hard when you think you know what you're doing. When you've started this thing, but there's always some folks who know who it's the baton pass. Come on, y'all. It's that we, we, we have to get, do whatever is required of us to be able to pass the baton to the next group of folks so the thing can actually happen. So that thing grew and grew and the Greenboro protesters eventually agreed to the mayor's request to, to pause it for a moment so they can work it out. Y'all have to get on the internet in the proper spots because there is, I literally was able to read folks' letters to the editor kind of thing. Some of it, you know, we were doing USL, so a lot of it is handwritten. Most of it is type, it is uh, also in the typewriter because the city council asked green, folks of Greenboro, so what should we do? We have some options here. We can let them, you know, we can integrate. We can open separate but equal. We can, we can, we can. What shall we do? And so on the internet, you can see how people responded. And you'll see that some people, uh, there was one guy who wrote that he had been in the service and he had been in foxholes with black folks. And he had, they had shared me, you know, it had been all of that. So he said, he's not worried about eating it in a restaurant with folks. And so it's always some of that, no matter how far back you go. And I just want to bring it bring it full forward because there's a monument that is at um, North Carolina A&T and here's those same four, the Greensboro Four, in front of that. Um, the reason, I don't know, you know, I don't even know, I don't have to give no reason. I just think this is so important for all of us and for me as, um, as, 
as a religious scientist, as somebody who studies the philosophy and principles of science of mind and endeavor to practice them, that our global vision envisions that all people, all beings, and all life are expressions of God, that we're willing to see that. And here I've just excerpted it for you, that we see a world in which every person lives in alignment with his or her highest spiritual principle, emphasizing unity with God and connecting with each other. So you see, what I'm sharing with you about the activists, the activity of the activists, what's required to change, you know, there's not a leader who has ever said, we just gonna wait for them to you know, give us a seat at the table. Because in due time, everybody comes to themselves. There's never been a transfer of power that, what, that didn't require effort and resistance. It's what Levi Coffin said. They got laws, but I need to break them because they're not right. Because I know what's right, and I need to do what's right even if the law, the human law, says something else. So likewise, I see that in the global vision that Centers for Spiritual Living has. That's why Heart and Soul is an affiliate of Centers for Spiritual Living, because they got it right. This is exactly it. We envision a world where each person has enough food, home, a home and a sense of belonging. This is the poor people's mission. This is what Dr. King was talking about. This is what Bishop Barber is all about right now. This is, we are aligned with that. This is how I can stand here and, and know that I'm on the side of right all the way around, all the way around. We envision a worldwide culture in which forgiveness, whether for errors, injustice, or debt is the norm. We envision a world that works for everyone and for all of creation. So there's this, this civil rights movement, if you will. And prior to the, the act of 1964, and that was the, on July 2nd, 1964, was the Civil Rights Act. And it led to greater social and economic mobility for African-Americans across the nation. It banned racial discrimination, providing greater access to resources for women, religious minorities, African-Americans, and low-income families. And it also paved the way for subsequent civil rights legislation for African-Americans and other minority groups including the removal of discriminatory barriers to voting, the Voting Rights Act in 1965, protection from discrimination when Americans are renting, buying, or paying for housing, known as the Fair Housing Act of 1968, and specific protections under the law for Americans with disabilities. That was the 1990. See, sometimes if you don't connect the dots, you'll be confused about who did the real work, yes? See, that's the thing. Sometimes we, we, we're not clear what really shaped the nation. If you're not aware that Farmer was in that Chicago diner in 1942 and that that started a thing which then emboldened some other folks and changed some things, you might think 
that it's about Lyndon Johnson. You, and, 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 and that's not a critique of him because he did, he played a role that was essential. But that role could never, he never would have been called on to play that role if those other things hadn't happened. So there's some things that have to happen in all of this. Our, our um, Rosa Parks has to say, mm, no, nah, I'm not going. Now, you never know when somebody says no to the, to the authorities who have the ultimate power, especially white authorities and black folks in the 60s, or if you go back to the 40s and before, then you realize they are risking everything. Everything. Dare I just say to you, Emmett Till, and then pause. You risk everything with a look, with not looking, with a sound, with no sound. You are potentially risking everything. And so our beloved Mother Rosa Parks sat. But she knew she was standing on the shoulders of those who had required it. More is required of us. More is required of us, y'all. So look at here. I want to, I'm moving fast because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm baking baklava. There's just all these layers to this. So look at here. Still applying the, the global heart vision for Centers for Spiritual Living, I want to just talk about labor union workers. These are the folks who gave us the weekend, in short. Oh, do we take that for granted? We act just like it was deemed in the Bible. And we, we, in our ignorance, we are unaware, even though in American history, we understand that the industrial period had folks where we forget slavery. We, I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't mean forget it. I mean, I'm not even counting that. But I'm saying that even when there was this, this whole period of time for industrial, uh, uh, not, I'm not even counting the agricultural period, enslaved or not, but we know they worked children even. I was about to say to people, all the workers, they worked everybody until they couldn't work no more. That was essentially the guideline. Can they still work? Then they better keep working. But it was the unions that shifted so much. So I want to just talk about some of that. And I'm giving you a photo here of one of the, one of the locals, an AFL-CIO local in New D.C., in D.C. And what I want, because these are black, most often when we think about unions, we're not thinking about all the black folks who worked and gave their lives to, to unionize. And, you know, I've already said to you that power is seldom to never acceded without a struggle, without a demand for, for sharing it. And so folks put their lives on the line um, in order to, to do this. So, so the impact is, it's not just a historical legacy. It's that 
so much of what is happening now, well, let, let, me, let me do this. I'm gonna run through some things because come, this coming Labor Day, we need to really be about it because we got plenty for which to be grateful. Just improving the basic life of working people in the United States. Um, unions were crucial in the passage of just about all the benefits and rules that we take for granted. The 40-hour work week became the standard in 1937 with the passage of the Fair Labor Standards Act. This bill, which was put in place, which also put in place a federal minimum wage, required a premium of 50% of pay for any hours that are put over for, for overtime pay. Y'all know overtime pay because you talk about it. But nobody just said, let's just pay them extra for working longer. It was those, the union gave their lives for some of that. And I'm not trying to, I, I know you have your opinions about it and you can have them. But I want you to know some facts too. That this did not happen because folks awakened into a mindset of let's share the wealth. That's not what happened. The unions pressed for similar rules for decades but it took the power of a militant labor movement coupled with a sympathetic president in Congress to finally make the 40-hour work week a standard across the country. So in all of these cases, we're working hand-in-hand. -hand. Activists are working hand-in-hand. -hand. None of us can do it alone. We're working hand-in-hand -hand with the political structures, with all of it in terms of laws changing, but to get it done. The Social Security system, was so certainly Roosevelt, we know, but he had on his side the labor unions. Can you see that all of this comes together? It would not have happened without them. The leadership of President Johnson was important, but there's no way the bill would have passed Congress without the pressure coming from organized labor. So my prayer is that, you know, so many of us who are passing the baton are eligible for some social security. So as we pass the baton, we can also say some words of gratitude for how that's even an option. Because the descendants of those same folks are, are forever talking about not having that be the case. So pay attention, pay attention y'all. That brings us, that brings us full forward to Black Lives Matter. And don't go for the okie doke because there's a whole, I've never, well, you know, I'm young. I was about to say, I've never seen anything that was such a smear campaign. But when I think about political, the new political system of system, we see plenty of that. Black Lives Matter, for it to have such an honest, high-intentioned outcomes, and maybe that's it, the fear around that. So it is the largest mass movement of modern time, involving tens of millions who have organized and won the redistribution of more than a billion dollars, shifting it from policing 
which in so many communities just is not working, and putting that money into health care, into mental health services, so that you're not calling the police who've had two hours, four hours, eight hours. I don't care. They could have had 24 hours training. It's not enough to compare with what is required for mental health workers to provide the kind of services that make a difference and the other kind of, of other community support services. So they're doing the work. In 2013, three radical black organizers, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and uh, Opal, I can never say her last name, Tomete? Uh, Grace is what I asked for with that. They created this black-centered political movement called Black Lives Matter in response to Trayvon Martin's murder. You know, sometimes I had to say that because sometimes we can't even remember which murder it was. What exactly was the impetus? So once um, George Zimmerman was acquitted, somebody had to say, you know, our lives matter because y'all are acting like they don't. And so it's now a member-led global network of more than 40 chapters. And the intention is to build local power structures and to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities. They're doing the work, y'all. All of which aligns with our global vision and a world that works for everyone. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. I want, can I ask that that, that our B slide be included right here? Thank you. Yeah, because what they are doing is building this, what they've done and continue to do is build a network, a network across the country and in other countries as well. Created an infrastructure that is adaptive and decentralized because think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., think Malcolm X, think how the cutting off of the head so often ends the progress. But this is something else. Their goal is to support the development of new black leaders. Thank you. Thank you, Black Lives Matter movement for that. The global network that they have is being re recognized worldwide and that has come out of Ferguson. That was a a moment of standing. And so I just, you know, I just have to say power to the people for doing and being all that is required. And once again, I want to layer that. You can see the Underground Railroad, the Civil Rights Movement, the hashtag Black Lives Matter with the global heart vision for centers for spiritual living, where we, are bold enough to envision and tell somebody we envision a world that works for everybody and all of creation.
Kev Choice, in his song, Motivation, he says, aim high, push to the limit, shoot for the stars. We, beloveds, have work to do. Let's be about it.
push to the limit, shoot for the stars, I'll be fighting to the finish, this that final lap music, victory ahead, waving at the competition like, catch me if you can, can, catch me if you can, I'll be moving, remember what they said that I couldn't, but I kept on pushing, now how they looking, that's my motivation, In today's world especially, it's not easy to keep a center going. You know, often as a participant or a congregant or someone who's part of the community, we're not really thinking maybe about the electric bill and about all the many things it takes to keep a community together and growing. Some of you know that I am the founder of the Prosperity Plus programs 1, 2, and 3, and I know that your center has offered these programs to you. I'm a deep believer in tithing. And we all have giving patterns. Many of us give actually only emotionally. We give when we feel like we have a little extra. And then there's another kind of giving that's a regular repeated giving that comes with a percentage to it. And if it's not 10%, it's 5% or it's 6%, but it comes out of a decision to have circulation in your life, planting in a beautiful place like the Heart and Soul Center of Light for the growth of a community that you has nurtured you, can nurture you further, and more than that, can spread this wonderful message to a world that is deeply hungering, even if they don't know yet that they're hungering for it. So I invite us on this day to lean in and make a commitment for percentage giving over the next year. And then turn around every three months and take a look at what's happening in your life. Something happens when you're a regular giver. And each month as you're receiving your income, a portion of it goes to support. Uh, it changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your level of expectation of good in your life. It changes your sense of worthiness and your connection with the very source of your life. Good God day, heart and soul. You know, I love how Reverend Andriette began her talk this morning, reminding us that there is something we can do in the furtherance of good. At Heart and Soul Center of Light, it is our mission to be a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. That means that we fundamentally believe that people have a universal right to home, food, and a sense of belonging. That makes for a world that works for everyone. There's something that you can do to further the good of this ministry, and that is through your gracious giving. You can graciously give your gift to Heart and Soul Center of Light by sending a check to Heart and Soul Center of Light at 5627 Telegraph Avenue, number 405, Oakland, California, 94609. You can also go to our website and give online and even set up a recurring or one-time gift at heartsoulcenter.org slash give. Last but not least, you can text the word give to 510-500-5849. However you choose to give is right and perfect. And it is also important that we maintain the proper consciousness in our giving, blessing our good so that it paves the way for the good that our gift will do in the world. So wherever you happen to be in the world, I invite you to just take your gift in hand and perhaps place it right over your heart and let us say our blessing together. I bless this gift 
as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church and throughout the world because I know God as source. And so it is. Thank you, Revelo. Family, this is my opportunity to remind you how to be engaged beginning with our Around the Year with Emmett Fox. It happens on Mondays. Forgive us. It begins at 6.15 p.m. Pacific time, family, 6.15 p.m. Um, there was a shift. So join us at heartsoulcenter.org slash Monday Review. On Wednesdays, Imagining Justice with Valerie Joy and David. This week's theme, let's get free together because that's really the only way to get free, y'all. So join us by visiting heartsoulcenter.org slash Imagining Justice. Tammy Hall is live on Thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you're there and that you tip generously. If you're thinking about becoming a member of Heart and Soul, our virtual path to membership experience is happening March 20th and 27th. You must attend both sessions to, um, to become a member, uh, 8.30 to 11.30 Pacific time. You can visit our website to sign up. And Prosperity Plus is coming, being facilitated by Janice Richmond, practitioner, as well as a certified coach with Mary Morrissey. This is eight sessions, beginning with one 45-minute introductory session. There's no registration fee for the class. However, there is a fee for the materials uh, and a fee for certification if you're looking to use this class toward your practitioner studies. The point is get in there because it will absolutely transform your life. Because we recently moved, there are still things that we have need for. You can visit any one of these familiar retailers or visit our Amazon wishlist, heartsoulcenter.org slash wishlist. We are continuing to, to support Marcus Bookstores, the oldest independently owned black bookstore in the country, as well as Kingston 11, delicious Jamaican cuisine at the town's gathering space. Make sure that you are supporting both of these um, organizations. Family, our heart and soul youth and family has two arms. One of them is the Pulse, our teen program for ages 13 to 18. They meet via Zoom at 11.30 Pacific time on Sundays. You can email the Pulse at heartsoulcenter.org to get access. And our young people ages 4 to 12 are still act actively taking part in some asynchronous videos. You can visit heartsoulcenter.org slash watchyfv to have a look at those. Prayer happens about 10 minutes following the conclusion of our service today because prayer works. And it also happens on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. We have a new prayer request line that you can leave a message and have someone get back to you. You can even email your request. The point is to make sure you get in there because prayer works. We have a pop anytime on our YouTube channel with Reverend Andriette's vlog. We also have a pop power of prayer podcast that you can have prayer in your pocket. Anchor.fm slash Heart Soul Center uh, is where you can have access to that. And as we're closing out February, we want to make sure that we continue to celebrate our beloved Reverend Andriette and her penned cover story on our beloved matron saint, Mother Harriet. Uh, we have a handful of copies left, family, so get in there. If you're interested, uh, send an email to info at heartsoulcenter.org. Reverend Andriette also does a monthly column. Uh, you want to make sure you're checking that out as well. And it is my pleasure to welcome back our beloved Reverend Andriette. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to those of you who take the time to let us know that you are 
um, hanging out with us from different places in the world. And so just a shout out and thank you for Spartanburg, South Carolina, and for St. Louis, Missouri, and Front Royal, Virginia, and Aurora, Colorado, and Jaco, Costa Rica, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Jackson, Mississippi, Boston, Massachusetts, Atlanta, Georgia, Harrisburg, North Carolina, Maui, Hawaii, Memphis, Tennessee, Waterford, Connecticut, and Salvador, Bahia, Brazil. So, so grateful. It, it warms my heart to know that you are in whatever time zone, stopping what you're doing in order to hang out with us. Thank you. Invite some folks in your area to, to come on in. The water's fine. We're having a good time. We would love to have you here. I just want to, I'm grateful for uh, what Sonia shared with you just now, but I, and I want to just uh, emphasize that the path to membership, this is our virtual membership experience for the two Saturdays, March 20th and March 27th from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, I know they're putting in the chat for you the, um, the link that you need to use for that. And if you're interested in being a member, we'd love to have you be a member as well. So also Prosperity Plus 3, really good stuff. You want to be about it. We tend to do Prosperity Plus. There are three different iterations of it. This is Prosperity Plus 3. So there'll be another version, but this is we tend to only have one of those a year for each of the um, each of the segments, if you will. So if you want in, you better get in and break off a piece of this one right here. So for uh, so it's what? Uh, eight Saturdays from April 3rd through May 22nd. And prayer. We just, I just want to remind you that we have now accomplished giving you access to prayer all the time. So 10 minutes after this service, on Wednesday morning at 7 a.m., then it's on call. You can email a request for prayer. You can go in, you can call in on the prayer request line. The phone number is on the screen, 510-607-7747. Leave a message and someone will return your call. You can um, also be a part of the podcast. There's a podcast so you can go in and choose what prayer are you interested in having. And just know that you are loved beyond human measure and that heart and soul is doing everything we can think of so that you, we can envelope you in, envelop you rather, envelop you in the divine energy, the expansive energy of love. And so just join me in that right now, in an attitude of gratitude for all that has already happened. I stand right now on the shoulders of ancestors feeling literally lifted up, 
knowing that much has gone on before and I just give thanks. I start this prayer from a place of thanksgiving, from a place of gratitude and divine appreciation for everyone, all of those folks whose names may never be known, whose energy has never been recorded. What I know is I am grateful for every bit of that movement that has granted the level of liberation and freedom that each of us is experiencing. And now I speak this word in divine recognition of the all in all, knowing that there is one life and that each of us is living it, that it's the life of the living one, the strong one, that right where each of us is, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is and is available to have its full sway according to our willingness, our acceptance, our divine availability to good, to better, to best. Our best life awaits us. And even now knowing that we are yet breathing the breath of God and the breath of God is breathing us. And so it's from this awareness, from this connectedness that God is and I am, that God is and we are, that God is. And truly all is well. That we come this day declaring greater health and well-being. All is well and in that wellness we have the opportunity to declare something more, something greater. So I declare that not a child, that on our watch, not a child goes to bed hungry. That there are systems and solutions, that there are ways that we can heal all discord of every nature. That this is ours to be and ours to do. And I declare that we tap in and we realize what is ours to be what is ours to do oh i'm just giving thanks for the unfoldment of the divine good the divine wisdom universal intelligence that guides each and every one of us so it is revealed what is ours to be to do to have oh i just rejoice I rejoice that this is a direct line that, that we, we're, each of us has direct access. Oh, and in this moment, I'm just grateful. I just give thanks for all that has been accomplished here, for the word sung, the word spoken, the word announced, for the word shared in any and every way. And I give thanks for what each and every one of us now does with this information for the additional research, for the, for the open heart, for the way that the children are taught, for the way that we, we embody this truth, for the divine transformation of the planet so that our prayers are answered for a world that works for all. Oh, it is an absolute perfect gratitude that I just let go and let God, that I release this word into the perfect activity of the law of God, which I know is love and has all of this covered 
So I let it be. Simply by sealing it for all eternity and saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Yes, yes. And now, Kev Choice with Universal Love. That was sent from God. Universal law, what you give shall return. Every day's a lesson we live and we learn. I take a look around and got me so concerned. Feels like these are the times the Savior shall return. So I look in the mirror, see God's reflection. No one to change, no one to see, but in my perception. Look every person in the eye, allow a real connection. Then no man, I know the angels over me protected. No weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. No one even through the struggles that just makes me stronger. My sacrifices are the prayers a humble servant offers. And the author in these bars, hard as the rock of Gibraltar. I've never fought the doctor's haters puzzle like a crossword. Hit them with them spiritual laws, deep pop choking. Meditations, mantras, affirmation, honor of me. Utmost high, Oakland, the wood condom. I spread universal love all around the world. This one for my people, near and far. Hit you with the sound that'll touch your heart. Blessings like a message that we sent from God. I spread universal love all around the town. Some claim they are the king, but I wear the crown. Shining like a biggest in the bright star. Blessings like a message that was sent from God. Read these passages like I'm a pastor. Acrobatic for the people, I've been over backwards. Trying to keep us moving forward, never going backwards. Harriet Tubman in a tunnel holding up a lantern. Trying to lead the way to deeper understanding. Deepest canyons taking chances, I just keep expanding. The love that I'm building goes beyond romantic. It's looking out for my brothers like we always family. It's lifting up my sisters like she was a queen. Empowering these youth that tell them they can be anything. Spreading synergies, energies through vicinity, seeking remedies, ending poverty, press to my enemies, laws, mercy, can I get a witness? Practicing forgiveness, clear intentions, put into existence, make that first million, give it back into the community, make it feel good, music for our healing, come on. I spread universal love all around the world, this one for my people, near and far. Reach with the sound, let it touch your heart. Blessings like a message that was sent from God. I spread universal love all around the town. Supreme so the king, but I wear the crown. Shining like a biggest in the brightest star. Blessings like a message that was sent from God. Spread love all around the world.